Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Thanks for joining us, The Advertising Show. Ray Shillins, Brad Forsyth, back with you live here. Jennifer Bolt out of uh, Fort Lauderdale. Uh, her company, at least, is out of Fort Lauderdale. Jen- Jennifer's spending the weekend in Dallas, which is so fun. She's the Senior Vice President, Chief Strategy Officer of the uh, RView team. We're going to tell you more about RView here in just a moment. The Advertising Show is being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit online at adage.com, the Advertising Show. Is a copyrighted Big Radio Midgets production. We've got Jeremy Kent with us. He says the news from uh, the United Kingdom is, is like this week. So uh, I'm surprised. That's because uh, the uh, uh, the prince and princess to be are out of the country this week. So that's why nothing's going on over there. But we'll find out from Jeremy what uh, what that's all about too as well. So Brad, how've you been doing? Pretty good. Yeah, wonderful. I. I uh I know that you had mentioned before we went on the air today that you were interested in maybe talking about Casey Anthony, and I'm wondering now that the case is over, how many uh, what what new can be said about Casey Anthony and the outcome, which for me personally was a bit uh, disappointing. But I'm just going to simply weigh in and say this, Ray: there was no there there, which is why she got off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In other words, what you're suggesting is that everything was within the legal limits of the law and uh, basically uh, by law it was an okay uh, conclusion by the jury well the, uh, they didn't have a you know dna they didn't have a cause they didn't right, have a motivation right. all those foundational things that go into a right. a murder case and therefore joe sixpack looks at that and can't understand hearing all the commentary in addition to the uh, case, which I thought the prosecution did a great job, they can't understand how a jury could uh, let a person like that off. And yet, um, you know, unless you sit on the jury, I guess, Ray, and you only get the little snapshots of what they saw, because a lot of times they were told to, you know, get get out of court, we're going to discuss this. And they weren't privy to all those discussions. So, you know, it's hard to separate yourself, I think, with the huge amount of media coverage to what really took place. I disagree with the jury. I could have found her guilty, but who am I to say? Well, there's one more judge that will be doing that, and that will happen in just a little while. Judge Judy? No, not Judge Judy. (laughs) It starts with a G. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and that will have no jury, so it really doesn't matter, does it? Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, it, it it reminded me all over of OJ, which is uh, very well, interesting. It, look what happened. The only again. difference, <laughs> well, the only good. difference is I think that she's probably going to stay out of trouble from this point forward. But it'll be interesting to see the family dynamics once she gets out. Where's she going to be staying? I don't think at home anymore. No, they said she's going home, and I don't well, think she'll be out of trouble. I think she's going to show up, and I just hope that well, whatever. It's it's a sad, uh, unfortunate thing that happened, it is. Uh, for, especially yeah. for the child. So that's the way it goes. But um, uh, on that note, um, I was going to talk about uh, uh, Beck's beer, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to switch gears to American Express. Considering the fact that we've got uh, digital out-of-home media as our specialty today, uh, American Express uh, uh, is letting small business trade points for Facebook ads. American Express and Facebook said that they are going to roll out a program uh, that allows membership rewards customers to redeem points for advertising on Facebook. 
mm-hmm. primarily targeted at small business owners via American Express Open, but it's also open to millions of other uh, Amex card holders. Uh, when we, he says, when we ask small business owners to name their biggest challenge, the answer is always finding new customers. Ain't that a fact? Uh, for the ad for points compet, uh, concept could rock both the credit card and the social media worlds is what they're saying. Kind of an interesting thing. You know, Google was doing that, too. They were giving away free uh, free advertising to, to jumpstart that program. And uh, that was kind of cool. Well, if Amex is trying to make up for doing away with the Continental Rewards program, and I don't know if it was Continental or Amex that bailed on that deal, but it bothers the hell out of me that, that they do because that was a big uh, – big place to generate um, points and miles. However, we have had for a long time a Continental MasterCard, so Amex, we will be using our MasterCard from here on out. (laughs) Okay. And by the way, the answer to the question, Charlie Sheen is (laughs) dead. Uh, It says, CBS reveals to viewers September the 19th what happened to Charlie Harper. Uh, They said he went off a cliff. So uh, That's I guess they're going to go with a real life uh, concept oh, there. You know, interestingly, <laughs> don't say that. Interestingly, they just announced earlier this week, Ray. You probably know this. September nineteenth will be also the date, not coincidental. Yeah. That I believe. I believe it was uh, MTV or maybe it was Comedy Network. I can't remember one of the two. That will be airing a uh, uh, Charlie uh, Sheen roast that evening, the same evening they, that uh, Two and a Half Men returned to the primetime <laughs> lineup. So it'll be interesting to see. Who pulls the bigger ratings? It's a night. It's a night for DVRs. Okay, that's all I can say. Yeah. Got two DVRs? Go get them and put them into record mode. You'll have to do it that night. Should be interesting. It's really a shame that Charlie couldn't get his stuff together, and CBS couldn't acknowledge that he would, might get his stuff together and go back to the show. But I guess change is ne- inevitable, and that's just the way it goes. Well, if he just would have shut up and not aired all that in the public, maybe so. But you can't really do that, no. can you? Uh, no, not if you're Charlie Sheen. Jennifer Bold is with us, the C- uh, senior vice president, chief strategy officer, 22 years of media strategy experience to the Army. Our view team. The majority of her agency career was spent at Omnicom agencies, Tracy Locke and Integer, in her most uh, recent role as executive director, engagement planning and innovation at Tracy Locke. Uh, Bolt led her team in client strategy across traditional, non traditional, and emerging media. Uh, boy, I love that non traditional and emerging media accent. She's also now the champion of the agency's innovation initiative, which evaluates and recommends new technologies and digital media platforms for marketplace visibility and partnership. Some of her clients included uh, 7 Eleven, um, American Airlines, Coors Brewing Company, uh, Harris Entertainment, JCPenney, Polaris, Pepsi, Tabasco, Victory Motorcycles, and Yum Brands. Uh, she also has extensive retail. And CPG experience, including a consultation on digital signage networks. And as a thought leader in the industry, uh, she also serves on advisory boards for many different organizations, also serves as the board of directors for DSF. So that's all about Jennifer Bolt. We'll be talking with Jennifer here. You did a good job on that, right? Did well, she pay you for that? No, but if she'd like to, uh, we do have the transfer uh, n- a number of our checking account right here. Um, <laughs> it's a good bio. It's only a paragraph, as opposed to some of the other ones that I've had to try to weed through. Anyway, anyway Jennifer Bolt's going to be a lot of fun to talk to, and, and uh, we'll learn a lot about uh, digital out-of-home uh, uh, as well with Jennifer. Jennifer, uh, right before that, it's Jeremy Kent here on the Advertising Show. Let's take a listen to this.
Hello and welcome to the European News Desk, coming to you from sunny Soho in the heart of London. This week, LinkedIn seeks UK brands, Heathrow Airport targets foreign shoppers and Waitrose will become more convenient. LinkedIn, the professional networking site, has embarked on a new pan-European campaign to attract European advertisers. It was created by Inferno and aims to promote the opportunities the site offers brands to interact with its 100 million users. The integrated approach will include direct, digital and experiential activity, supported by online video demonstrating how marketers can use LinkedIn. Just like Facebook, LinkedIn offers companies branded pages so that news, information and recommendations for and from users may appear in the timeline as profile updates. Heathrow Airport is the world's busiest, with over 65 million passengers arriving and departing every year. Over the last few decades, Heathrow's retail outlets have grown in number, so that today one might think of it as five giant shopping malls with an airport attached. Now, the airport has launched its first foreign-language UK ad campaign, encouraging overseas visitors to browse London stores, but make their purchases at the airport. The first ads will be translated into Spanish, Mandarin, Arabic, Russian and Japanese, and carry the strapline, see it in London, buy it at Heathrow. A second phase to be launched later in the summer will adopt a new brand message. Can't stop thinking about your holiday, neither can we. The campaign was created by Macius and will include outdoor sites at the airport and around the London Underground network, supported by radio and online activity. Finally, the upmarket supermarket chain Waitrose has announced plans to expand into convenience stores, with the opening of 20 new Little Waitrose outlets across the Greater London area by the end of next year. The expansion follows the successful trial of a Little Waitrose store in London's South Kensington area, and it means that Waitrose will now be in direct competition with Marks & Spencer's Simply Food outlets. This is Jeremy Kent at the European News Desk for The Advertising Show. Jeremy Kent, thank you very much. Here, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth on The Advertising Show. Happy to welcome to uh, this segment and a couple more as well, Jennifer Bolt, who is the Senior Vice President and Chief Strategy Officer at RVUE. That's R-V-U-E dot com. Hey, Jennifer, thanks for joining us here at The Advertising Show. Thank you, Ray. I'm happy to be here. Wonderful. Yeah, you know, to get our audience up to date, Jennifer, why don't you uh, describe for us the variety of channels that come under the digital out-of-home media category? Certainly. Digital out-of-home is is pretty broad in terms of its overall definition. It can include anything from a digital billboard by the side of the road where the image is video, but it's not moving. It's a still image, it's a digital image, but it's not moving because the traffic's moving. But it can also include a wide variety of what we refer to as digital place-based networks. Those networks are the screens that you encounter when you're in an airport, when you're in a restaurant, a bar, a nightclub, um, an entertainment venue like a concert venue, doctor's offices, vet clinics, gyms. They're virtually anywhere and everywhere these days. And those are oftentimes advertising platforms. Sometimes they're not, but often they are. And there's just a wide range and a variety of different venues that these networks operate within as well as the digital billboards that I mentioned. Yeah, so uh, transitioning into your business model for a moment, the, uh, uh, as you guys refer to it in your, your information about your company, you call it a, dis- a demand-side platform. Talk a little bit about the technology behind your demand-side platform and who you're targeting for this particular service and basically how it works. So... Our demand-side platform enables media planners and buyers, as well as any other advertisers, to access 
the digital out-of-home marketplace that I just mentioned. So we have over 150 networks that are live in our platform with over 115 million daily impressions available to advertisers through those networks. So it's about enabling the marketplace to be able to talk to each other. Our main uh, business goal is to work with advertisers and agencies, agencies first and foremost, to put together the media plan that they can do in minutes that right now, if they're working outside of our view, is an exhaustive, laborious process. I personally experienced that uh, working on the agency side and running a media strategy group where we did have to make digital out-of-home plans and buys quite frequently for our clients. And what you would encounter would be media planners who had a, a, a bit of a knowledge about the industry, but they only knew about the networks who had called on them in a sales capacity. And to be able to find information on networks outside of the ones who had called on you was very difficult. And you were compressed for time, your resources are tight, and you have to move very, very quickly because clients want to make decisions and speed to market is paramount. So what our view enables the media planners to do is to come in and search on a geographic or a demographic basis or both and be able to look across networks as opposed to having to look at just one network or a handful of networks and try to compare their geographic footprint, their demographics, their penetration in a specific market, and try to figure it out on their own. So what we've done is automate that process and eliminate what we refer to as the RFP or the request for proposal, which is what so many agencies spend weeks trying to gather that data so that they can make intelligent choices for their clients. So it's a very active network, basically. You can reach out and touch uh, responsiveness uh, immediately with this plan. You can. You absolutely can. So you can build a, you can build a plan. You can uh, build, build your plan literally within minutes. You can submit uh, a bid to a network in terms of their inventory and an offer, and the network then counter uh, proposes or accepts or rejects whatever your proposal is. So you can do all of those things in an automated fashion rather than having to do that over email or over the phone and, um, you know, play phone tag, et cetera, with somebody in order to have those conversations. Right. Brad, you had a question. Yeah. So I assume that when you talk about digital out-of-home networks, you cobble together, your company cobbles together uh, from a variety of sources, uh, digital out-of-home media. And those sources might be anywhere from a company that might have a few uh, digital out-of-home uh, media outlets, if you will, to larger companies that have a multitude of such displays. Is that correct? It is. And let me explain a little bit of what happens from a network perspective. So if you operated a network, and let's say that you had a network that was a smaller, more niche um, targeted network, you would upload your profile into our system, which is absolutely free of charge to the network. And what that entails is everything about your network from specifications for how you receive all of your video content, as well as what your content loop is, what your um, any programming opportunities, what your uh, specifications are in terms of how your screen looks. A lot of networks have what we call an L format where they've got the advertising on the side and on the bottom and their primary content runs kind of in the square in the upper right-hand uh, corner. And what you, why you do that is so that you can have the most robust 
profile in our system possible. You would load in every single location that you have so that when we go in and do a geographic search, we're able to see all of your locations across the country and all of the data that you upload in there, you would also include your demographic profile, any research to support your impressions that you garner on a daily basis. All of that information is loaded into the system and the networks. We have a network integration team who does a fabulous job of helping the networks make sure that their profile is as robust and as complete as it can be so that when an advertiser or a media planner goes into our system, that they can see all of the information that they would need to make an informed decision about that network. That's pretty cool. So uh, are there companies, I mean, ideally you would have 100% market penetration as far as the uh, digital out-of-home media that is available to a buy side. That's likely uh, unlikely at this early stage. However, are there some companies that you have targeted that are bigger players in that category that uh, you anticipate coming aboard your network? Sure. I mean, there's always um, networks going live every single day. There's somebody who's building one of these new networks, and there are networks who we are in touch with every day regarding coming into our platform and our system. Certainly with 150-plus networks um, live in our platform today, we certainly don't have 100% of that market because I believe there's something like 500 network operators in the U.S. alone. And uh, a lot of them are, it's a very fragmented marketplace to what you talked about earlier with some of these networks can be literally 15, 20 locations with three to five screens per location to ones that have thousands of locations and thousands of screens. So it's it's an ongoing process to talk to those networks and encourage them to come into the, uh, the platform and therefore the marketplace. Well, 20%, 100 out of 500 is not bad. And you mentioned domestically as opposed to internationally. Do you guys have plans to uh, offer your uh, services to other markets outside of the North America? We're really concentrating on North America. I mean, that's our, that's our focus and our expertise, and uh, that's, that's where we are. So uh, one final question before we wrap up this segment. We all, I think, understand the benefit of hyper-local targeting as it relates to digital out-of-home. But you guys also refer to something called mindset targeting. Talk a little bit about that, Jennifer. Absolutely. So what we've done is we have looked at the top, uh, top categories that advertisers have spent money against historically year over year after year. You know that they're automotive and telecom and lifestyle services, financial services, all pharmaceutical. All of those categories have uh, what we refer to as an audience mindset within our view. And what we've done is that we've done some of the heavy lifting for the for the planner. So when they come in, they can uh, look at an audience mindset and get a national footprint for venues, networks, and that would work for their particular advertising. And the reason why we refer to it as a mindset is because it's about reach and relevancy. So again, when I was on the agency side, I had a lot of times people would try to come in and sell me a particular form of media that might not be the best fit for my brand or my client's objectives. And so what we have done is to say there are certain venues that are more relevant and more Uh, prone to have that consumer in a mindset that would be more receptive to certain types of advertising. 
And we know that based on what we know, the knowledge of the network, the demographics, the content, the programming, the venue it's in itself, all of the things that go into building that network profile that I talked about, as well as just years of experience of, of media planning that we bring to the table as well. So we've done some of that heavy lifting and have given uh, audience mindsets and advertisers and media planners kind of a, a leg up and a step in the right direction because we already know that we can aggregate you know, a lot of daily impressions. For example, our automotive group is around 78 million daily impressions. So you can certainly find um, reach as well as relevancy within those audience mindsets that are important to advertisers. Imagine using logic and relevance as a, an advertising model for uh, for your agency and or for your client. What a concept there. Our view is the, uh, the company RVUE.com. It's a capital B, but I don't think that really matters. Jennifer Bolt is Senior Vice President and Chief Strategy Officer. We're going to continue our conversation here with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show. Thanks. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Back on the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. By the way, that was the very first jingle created for a radio commercial. That was 1939 for Pepsi. Uh, and back then it was a nickel, and it, it's a lot more now. Well, maybe not a lot more, but it, uh, that's cool. And uh, we're talking to Jennifer Bolt, who is uh, Senior Vice President and Chief Strategy Officer of Our View. And uh, Jennifer, it sure is good to have you on the show. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm yeah, Jennifer, I'm going com- to combine two questions here, one regarding creative and another about something going on that I think is really exciting in your field, and that is the mobile, social, and digital out-of-home integration uh, within those three channels, if you will. Describe for us some of the more creative executions that you've seen lately that combine mobile, social, and digital out-of-home. You know, I love talking about this because I think that there is a uh, huge opportunity for all of those media to come together and really deliver a results-oriented campaign for advertisers. And the reason why is that there's so much accountability built into the ability to uh, have a QR code, so quick response code. Have you seen those in the, in the marketplace? Sure. Where you can snap it, and then it takes you to a link of a, either a website or some sort of messaging, potentially a discount coupon, things of that yeah. nature. You can also use SMS text messaging to do the same thing, to have people opt in and, and receive similar offers. The thing that makes all of this really important, and people can obviously then share that out via their social media, um, the other thing that's going on from a social perspective is location-based targeting as well as when you see somebody check in, like on Facebook or Foursquare. Um, there's also a company called Shopkick where they know when you enter the store and they can serve you messaging over your phone that way. So what can really happen between all of these is, is the way that an advertiser can use them. So you could use those in a proximity-based campaign, for example. Let's say that you are sitting in a cafe and there is a digital out-of-home network in the cafe and you're looking for a blender. 
and there are retailers who offer blenders in the shopping district that you happen to be sitting in. And if those one of those retailers runs, uh, we're having a small appliance sale, uh, come in for you know discounted pricing. You could also run a QR code on that screen, and that person could activate for an additional discount while they're sitting there, which may be the difference between them choosing to purchase at one retailer over another. So there's some very intriguing ways advertisers can make uh, digital out of home in conjunction with mobile and social work really hard for them. And I think it's, it's fascinating, and I think we're just going to see it continue to grow. So do you think... Uh well, let me back up. I, I think a lot of people, when they think of digital out of home, unless they're in a major market and have seen uh, recent examples of this, uh, and digital out of home has come a long, long way graphically to be able to do more than just have type and words uh, on a display going uh, as a horizontal crawl, if you will, or a, an entire text of information across a screen. Talk about some of the special creative considerations when developing a message for digital out of home and, and maybe some of the more innovative things that technology allows you to do today as opposed to, say, five, ten years ago? I would say that, you know, first and foremost, we encourage advertisers to make sure that they're putting a contextually relevant message into a digital out of home platform. So what does that mean? Um, we, we are not big fans of let's just take your 30-second TV spot and run that. Um, they're designed for different purposes oftentimes, and if you are running a 30-second TV spot in a in-store environment where your product is available for purchase, you may or may not see the types of results that you would want to see. You can um, certainly optimize your creative by making sure that you're speaking in a, in a shorter burst. I don't, I don't believe people are going to especially in a retail environment such as a grocery store, uh, take the time to stop and watch a 30-second message unless they're waiting at a deli counter or they're waiting in a pharmacy. So you really have to think about where is my consumer, why are they there, and what, what's on their mind at the time that they're there because there may be times when messaging is really inappropriate and it's not going to grab their attention and there may be other times when you're dead on and you're delivering a really succinct message in a way that motivates them to make a purchase right then and there. And that purchase could be made whether they're standing in a store environment or with their mobile phone. So I think that's the way that technology has probably advanced the best in the last few years is that digital out of home, when I started digging into this as a medium back in uh, 2005 and even earlier, there were very few networks that had the ability to be able to run by day part or to um, help you optimize your creative by day of week. So you kind of ran things in a very ROS manner, just ran and run of schedule, and you, weren't, you lacked the ability to be able to buy the medium in a way that you really wanted to. Technology today, through a lot of these networks being IP addressable, you have the ability to be able to change your creative frequently. You can buy by day of week. You can certainly buy by day part for a lot of these networks. Now, not all of them have the same capabilities, so you have to be smart and ask those questions or go into our view and look at all that data because we have it. We have filters where you can come in and buy it. Buy by certain filters if you want to, and um, that's certainly important. Not all of them have audio. So if audio is important to your messaging, you want to make sure you're not running something that 
is dependent upon the audio with your creative. So this is really not, this is obviously not a branding medium. This is more of an active, uh, an active medium, uh, which is really what it should be, right? Well, I think you, it depends on the venue. I mean, there's certainly places where there's longer what we call dwell time. So there's certainly locations where someone has a wait. Um, let's use a doctor's office as an example or transit. They're in transit somewhere in either a cab or they're on a bus, something of that nature. They're on a train. And you know you're going to have your audience captive for a longer period of time. That's certainly an opportunity to run a longer-form message that might be more about awareness because you may or may not have the opportunity to close a sale right then and there. But if you're in a store environment, definitely a different situation. Gotcha. Brad, uh, what we can do here is take a break, if that's uh, good with you, Brad, and hold your question until the... uh, uh, for a few moments here on the Advertising Show with Rachel and Brad Forsyth. We're talking with uh, Jennifer Bolt, who is Senior VP and Chief Strategy Officer, RVIEW. Uh, RVIEW.com uh, is the uh, website. It's a really cool place. A lot of uh, amazing ideas coming out of your, uh, out of your uh, company as well, Jennifer. So we'll get a chance to continue our conversation here with Jennifer and Ray and Brad here on the Advertising Show. Back with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the Advertising Show and our special guest, um, Jennifer Bolt, is Senior Vice President and Chief Strategy Officer at RVU Inc. R-V-U-E Inc. is the name of the company. RVU.com uh, is the website. Jennifer, a pleasure having you here today. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, and Ray, just as a reminder, uh, our place-based media uh, exposure, I guess, was a few weeks ago when we spent the afternoon in a bar and observed all those various displays and then woke up the next day and couldn't remember a damn one of the messages. <laughs> but it was, a, it was a good exposure nonetheless, yes, it wasn't was. it? Uh, yeah. Something like that, whatever you say, yeah. The, uh, what the, city was uh, that in? <laughs> I don't remember. Uh-huh. Uh, but the beer was my favorite kind, ice cold. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you mentioned running a spot that's created and designed for another medium as a mistake that you would caution against. Smart. How often, without naming names and, and suggesting by any stretch that it goes <laughs> through your uh, particular platform, but just in an overall view from your perspective, how often do you see that mistake being made out there in digital out of home? Well, the good news is is that we're seeing it less and less as advertisers become more familiar, more comfortable, um, seeing the power of what the medium can do. But very early on, it was a very common uh, theme, I would say, in terms of it's easy, right? You, you well, sure, you pay for all that creative. Why not? Yeah. Right. You yeah. Have we would call it lazy, but yeah, well, easy, you know, lazy, whatever. Easy. Um, you know, it, it, there's no further expense. Uh, and, and then people kind of moved into the, well, what if I edited it down? You know, that, <laughs> that became kind of the, the next evolution was, well, okay, let me run 30 seconds. Now let me move to a 15, but I'm going to edit my 30 to a 15. And sometimes that, you know, that worked <laughs> out. Sometimes it didn't. But I, I, we're seeing it less and less. And I, and I would say, again, I think a lot of that is due to, you know, the industry has done a lot to help educate people. The networks that are out there every day calling on agencies have done a great job of promoting, integrating content when appropriate. I think that's another way that this medium really stands out and is different is that depending on the network, there's opportunities to have product integration in ways that you cannot achieve in, in other forms of media. 
So I think there's a wide variety of uh, opportunities available to advertisers in digital out-of-home, and it just takes working with someone who really understands the medium and the power of what it can do. And I think shopper marketing agencies tend to be ones that, that really tend to understand the medium, particularly as it relates to retail. And, um, you know, they've done an excellent job. And I think part of that's their migration from, you know, POP, being cardboard, is now primarily digital. You still see cardboard and, and displays in retail environments, but you're seeing less and less of that. And so I know that shopper marketing agencies and uh, agencies that used to be in the cardboard business have kind of migrated to digital out of home very early on and have taken kind of that creative spirit into the digital age, which is, which is great. So I, uh, the good news is it's occurring less and less, and we applaud that. But, yes, every now and then you still run into people that think that that's, that's what you're supposed to do, and uh, we would absolutely counsel against it. Yeah, and, you know, uh, lucky for you guys, I guess, that certain digital out-of-home media opportunities dictate how one performs in that particular arena. Unlike uh, online advertising back in early 2000s where mistakes were being made over and over. And, of course, digital out-of-home being one of today's fastest-growing media categories, there's, you're going to have some, you know, stumbles along the way, and I'm sure all that will work itself out. Where do you see... Uh, the greatest opportunities for continued growth for digital out of home, Jennifer? I would say as, you know, certainly being able to plan and buy the medium easier is a huge step in the right direction because you, you have people out there who want to use the medium, but it's got to be quick and fast and demonstrate speed to market that they see in other forms of media. And um, that, I think, has been a really big step in the right direction, and a lot of people are recognizing that because they're saying, okay, this is available, I need to be using this tool, because their resources are compressed and their time is is very valuable. And they need to be spending their time looking at strategy for their clients and thinking about the bigger picture for their clients. And so technology can enable them to do this part of their job faster, that's absolutely you know, what, what needs to happen for the industry, not just the digital out-of-home industry, but also for the advertising industry. Both of them desperately need um, speed to market to occur for them and, and all across all forms of media. But I think, you know, what else can occur from a digital out-of-home perspective is the access to the marketplace and the ability for people to use it appropriately. So a lot of the things that we talked about, about appropriate messaging, about networks being able to uh, day part and have clients be able to buy by day of week. You mentioned beer a minute ago. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a category that absolutely would love to buy towards the end of the week and the weekend as opposed to buying earlier in the week. And so there's a lot of things that networks can do also to help position themselves to advertisers in a way that is going to be most favorable. And technology is helping the networks, too, because the cost of everything is coming down and the ability to be able to do it quickly and easily has definitely increased in the last handful of years. Cool. Ray, uh, time for one final question? Go for it, Brian. 
I would imagine a company like yours, and certainly with your background at Tracy, that you would have a pulse on any new digital out-of-home channels that might be launching soon, whether that be new channels that have been created that we did not know of before, or maybe new channels as it relates to maybe a, a different technology that's going to be applied to an existing channel. I would think that you know, a couple of things to watch are going to be interactivity, as we've talked about with QR and SMS, but also near-field communication technology, or NFC. So that near-field is um, radio waves that have the ability to read as you come into a store, be able to communicate with your mobile phone once your mobile phone is enabled with the near-field communication technology, which is coming. We're not uh, exactly... Uh, have penetration on that yet, but I have no doubt that will occur <laughs> fairly mm. rapidly. And there's going to be ways that people can communicate in an in-store environment they cannot do today between the retailer, between a brand and that device and the screen that is in that store. So all of those things are just going to continue to um, move forward and give people greater speed to buying products, greater speed to information about the brands that they're interested in, and the ability to make decisions about things and receive offers. I mean, what brands want above all else is that one-to-one communication with their consumer, and we're getting closer and closer to that with these technologies. That's pretty cool. Jennifer, your uh, your company's positioned at a very good time and a very great place for our advertising and marketing industry. Uh, thanks for being there for us. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. And it's been fun having you here on the Advertising Show, not to mention that, too, as well. It's rview.com and uh, Jennifer Bolt out of, uh, uh, actually out of Dallas, but uh, <laughs> the company's out of Fort Lauderdale. She's the Senior Vice President and Chief Strategy Officer. Jennifer, again, thanks for coming by today. And Roy Spence joins us next week here at the Advertising Show. Roy is the CEO of GSDNM, Idea City, for another encore performance here at theadvertisingshow.com. Also want to say thanks to our friends at Schiphol. Ed Schiphol and his gang do a great job of uh, helping hold this website together and generate lots and lots of buzz about the Advertising Show. It's Schiphol.com, S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. And we invite you to, uh, to join us next week as well for the Roy Spence interview. So thanks again for listening. The Advertising Show is being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adh.com. The Advertising Show is a copyrighted big radio magazine production. We'll talk to you again soon. Why do more media professionals read IWantMedia.com? IWantMedia.com features reports from industry leaders and media personalities. IWantMedia.com gives you quick access to news, stats, trade orgs, and industry publications, and it's updated daily. Forbes says IWantMedia.com contains everything media professionals need to stay ahead of the game. The Washington Post calls it the source for the serious media geek. Do you get it? If you don't, you should. To sign up for free daily email alerts, visit IWantMedia.com.